We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Sabonis down the lane with authority. Oh, Miles Turner bringing that smoke. Lonsford, skies high for the jam. Warren lets it fly. Yes! T.J. Warren is not human. The Setting the Pace podcast had Kevin Pritchard on. Well, you got it setting the pace, and I think that's terrific. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. And a new era has begun in Indiana Pacers basketball as the Pacers have hired former head coach Rick Carlisle to a four-year deal for $29 million. Joining me to talk about this hiring, you guys know who it is. It's the one and only Michael J. Focci. Focci, big news today. Massive news. The second I heard it, I was ready to run through a wall for this man. The Pacers got their guy in Rick Carlisle, his third stint as a Pacer. Oh, man, it feels good. Absolutely. So it was around 11.14, guys. I was at work doing my stuff, and I kind of felt my phone go off a few different times, obviously, with the notifications from Woj being on. I I, I didn't get a chance to look at him yet. And then Fachi sends me a text, and I look down. And all Fachi says is, dude, we got Rick with like five exclamation points. And the first thing that went to my head is, did we have a guest named Rick coming on? Like, am I missing something here? And then I looked out and see that we got Rick Carlisle from the Woj notification. And I said, oh, you got to be kidding me. How did this just happen? And I'm like, I always am just like, at the time that it happened, sometimes I'm always busy. And I always get all these texts and it cracks me up. But Fachi, uh, <laughs> crazy day, man. I'm so excited for this hire. Crazy day. I mean, this this signing, this is a big deal. I mean, I'm talking all my, my friend, my phone was buzzing just like yours. All people that are casual NBA fans, diehard NBA fans, just people saying like, wow, Rick Carlo, that's a great move. I mean, across all fan bases, this was a very big hire. I mean, even Stephen A. Smith, when he reported on it, Stephen A. was saying, truthfully, I wanted Rick Carlisle to go to the Milwaukee Bucks. I thought that would have been a perfect hire for him. He was the best head coach available. That was experienced. And I just I couldn't agree more in terms of the best coach available. I feel like the Pacers made the move. They were aggressive. They wasted no time, and they ponied up, even though they're paying Bjorkren his guaranteed salary. This was a big statement from Herb Simon. Herb Simon was spending that money, okay? Oh, yeah. 
The fact that he dropped $29 million for four years for this guy, I tweeted it out today, but only, I believe, six guys on the roster make more money than Rick Carlisle. So you're talking about a 17-man roster. He's going to make 11. Uh, he's going to make more than the other 11 players on this roster. You know, with Bjorkren, he was probably making around one to two million. I mean, maybe three at the most, but I can't imagine him making more than three million dollars per year. So coaching contracts really don't get leaked that much. So I think this was a nice little leak, probably because Herb Simon is probably tired of getting labeled as a guy that doesn't spend money. And while it's a lot different to spend money on your roster, you can spend whatever you want on a coach. The Pacers can't be playing games anymore. They went out and got their guy. They did it quietly like Woj reported, and I absolutely love it, Butch. I absolutely love it. Couldn't agree more. In terms of, um, you know, coach salaries, last year Rick Carlisle was sixth in the league at $7 million per year. Sounds like that's pretty much, you know, exactly where they kept him. It's a, it's a little bit more than seven mil and change. Um, and, you know, that would be good for this year, right around sixth in the league overall. So he is being paid with the upper echelon coaches. And, you know, the thing that, that most of those coaches have in common is their championship winning coaches. You have to pay up for him. And that's exactly what the Pacers did. From everything I've read, they had a phone call conversation with Brian Shaw. No formal interview. I feel like that was probably a bit out of respect having, you know, been in Indiana before. They probably want to at least have a conversation but like I said, the Pacers did not allow Rick Carlisle to be out there meeting with other teams. They didn't waste their time when we heard, you know, that they could be interviewing Terry Stotts and Steve Clifford. Um, but hey, they, they wrapped it up way sooner than we could have imagined. And I love every second of it. Yeah. So I want to talk about these interviews that they were scheduled to have in Chicago with Terry Stotts, with Steve Clifford, with Brian Shaw. We talked about it last podcast, and I think a lot of fans got excited and I called it a pipe dream. But I'm keeping my eye on the assistant coaching staff here that Carlisle does assemble because, look, if they're going to pay him $7.25 million a year for the next four years, I'm sure they're going to be willing to spend some money on these assistant coaches. Now, what I will say, Fachi, is I'm keeping my eyes very closely attached to what happens in Dallas because we know that a lot of times assistant coaches will come with their head coach when they go to a new place if they've been fired the previous year, right? So with Jamal Mosley – being a lead candidate down there to get that head coaching job in Dallas. If he, for some reason gets it, he could retain some of that staff that Carlisle had. So Carlisle could have to rebuild that staff from the ground up. He might still do that anyway, but I'm not even looking at those guys right now, but I'm thinking to myself, what other coaching, you know, what other coaches out there could make sense for this roster? And I'm not sure if you have any names, but I think Terry Stotts is one of the big ones. Oh, Terry Stotts has to be the biggest name out there. I mean, a guy that coached under Rick Carlisle before. I mean, got to be excited about that. If you're talking defensive purposes, I mean, Steve Clifford would be a great assistant coach to bring on the team. Rick Carlisle, one of the best X's and O's guys in the league. He's had some high-powered offenses in the past. The defense, you know, typically at times, I mean, in Rick's past, whether he was with Detroit or was with the Pacers, those were good defensive units. Uh, in Dallas, you know, they were they were so-so, but the offense was good. One assistant coach that is on that Dallas Mavericks staff, that was a former Indiana Pacer, Daryl Armstrong. Just, a, I don't know, just a name to keep an eye on. Very well could be someone that maybe Rick Carlo brings over, uh, someone that was a player in the league for a long time. So we'll see. I'm very excited to know that Rick uh, shouldn't have too much of a problem being able to get guys to buy in and come with him compared to what Bjorken went through. And we named some of that coaching tree before under Rick Carlisle. When you're talking about the, the Mike Browns, the Dwayne Casey's, uh, Stephen Silas, um, you know, you're talking um, Terry Stotts. I mean, those are 
those are some big names. So I couldn't be more excited about the, the possibility of the staff coming around because it just feels like it's going to be much more well-rounded with guys having defined roles. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I, I think one name that I saw thrown around on Twitter today, and it wasn't even from Pacers Twitter. It was actually somebody else just talking about a coach that hasn't really gotten a chance to uh, – not really a chance, but he hasn't been mentioned in a couple seasons since he got fired is David Fisdale. Okay. I wonder if he'd be interested in you know getting back into the assistant coaching market because I don't know if he makes sense for the Pacers or what what they're going to do. But I'm just saying that's another name to throw out there. There's plenty of a lot of there's a lot of assistants out there, so we will monitor that as that continues to go along. But in terms of Rick Carlisle, Fachi, one interesting fact that I thought was worth bringing up in Pacers NBA history, Rick Carlisle has been a part of the three most winning uh, winning seasons for the Pacers. In 2004, 2005, he was the head coach of the 61 and 21 team. In 97 and 98, and 99 and 2000, he was with Larry Bird on that coaching staff. They won 58 and 98 and 56 and 2000. So you're talking about the three best years in Pacers NBA franchise history. Rick Carlisle was on that coaching staff. I mean, how does that not have you absolutely jacked up right now? Hearing that. I'm on the verge of trying not to freak out because it just makes you feel like he holds Indiana special to his yeah. heart. He does, and he knows what this fan base wants. He knows all of that takes into effect, so it means something for him to come back and win here. And for that, I mean, oh, my God, you're talking about a guy with 15th career all-time wins. He's fifth all-time in Pacer wins, but you give him another couple seasons, he may end up being the all-time winningest coach in Dallas Mavericks history as well as the Indiana Pacers history. Yeah. That's special. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. There's no doubt about it. I think one thing we need to talk about real quick, Fudge, is a couple of tweets that kind of made the rounds today. I, Tony, you shared one talking about uh, Doug McDermott and Rick Carlisle talking about his 2018 free agency where basically he compared Doug McDermott to Reggie Miller. Found that quite interesting uh, because it could mean that the Pacers want to bring him back. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly what they're going to do, but he said that, you know, I, I had to pull up that tweet. Of it. I'll pull that tweet up later in the podcast, but that was going around. And then, of course, the comments he made about Miles Turner in 2019, I believe it was, saying that Turner is the future of the center position in the NBA. So, Fans have rain with that. This double big conversation is going to continue until one of them is moved. And now people are kind of swinging the pendulum back to, oh, we got to keep Turner trades a bonus. Fachi, what are your thoughts on that? Look, I don't want to read too much into comments from a few years ago because a few years ago, Turner was shooting the three ball much better. I mean, he was already a, a really good rim protector back then. And it's been a couple of years. And while Turner did take a step forward this year, you know, the future of, of NBA big man, you know, it, it's it's a bold statement. I think that um, Carla has a lot of respect for Miles Turner. And I love that. I do. But what, mm -hmm. what's going to happen with the bigs? We're going to find out. I mean, it, maybe Carla does, you know, want to keep both of them. But I don't want to look too far into comments that you give complimenting a player on an opposing team. It's a whole other thing when, you know, you never thought you'd be the head coach of that team. But a lot's going to be determined, and I'm happy to cross off head coach from that list. Yeah, so I want to go back and tell you about this tweet that I just found from Tony City Shaders from Dwayne Price on February 22nd of 2018. So we're talking a while ago. It said after today's practice, Carlisle compared Doug McDermott's play to Hall of Famer Reggie Miller, who played for Carlisle and Indy. Carlisle said, I think Rick is a, uh, excuse me, I think Reggie is a valid comparison. 
We must, uh, we just got to do everything we can to take advantage of him offensively and protect him on defense. I think that's pretty valid uh, when you're talking about Doug McDermott. So interesting there that he did compare him to Reggie Miller. Um, but yeah, going back to the comments on the Sabonis and, and Turner thing, it's like, look, in 2019, Sabonis, I believe, was still coming off the bench at that point as, as Miles' backup. And you have to remember, Miles Turner is from Dallas. Most of the time, these reporters would ask questions to Rick about Miles Turner because Miles Turner was returning home to Dallas. So what is Rick Carlisle going to say? Oh, I don't, you know, Turner's a bad player. No, I mean, he thinks highly of him. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, Turner is skilled at what he does. He's a good three-point shooter. He protects the rim. And that is like what we've talked about, the ideal type of center that you want today is modern NBA. But, you know, I still think that there's, you know, a lot to look at here and dissect because Sabonis does so many good things as well. And if you look at how Carlisle ran his offense last year with Dallas and you say, well, you know, that that doesn't mean like they've run a lot of five out and spread pick and roll and this kind of thing. That means Sabonis won't fit. You have to realize the Pacers don't have a Luka Doncic on their team, and that's what that offense was predicated for. That is why they built the offense to to, to make Luka shine. So I, I'm not going to buy into anything right now. I think that the Pacers have some work to do. If I was leaning towards which center they're going to keep, I still would lean towards Sabonis, but it doesn't mean that I think that they're going to give up on Turner right away. It, it very well could be mean that they run it back. I know people don't want to hear that and see how it goes for the beginning of the season and then trade them. I think – a lot of things can be had here, Foch, but that's where I'm at personally. I just don't necessarily think it happens with Sabonis being dealt now because, you know, he said Turner was a good player and, and liked his the way yeah. he plays. No, we can't just pin everything back to comments made a few years ago. But I think at this point, look, it's a four-year deal for Carlisle. His contract, you know, coincides through a lot of the, the current players' contracts. So I think they're really going to try and win. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they did run it back healthy. I mean, Carlisle mentioned that he wants to see that him and Pritchard want to see the Pacers healthy, but a move could be made. He said that if he's throwing that in there, you got to feel like Pritchard probably said something about being open to, hey, we might change it up a bit you know, probably didn't confirm, but let him know that it wouldn't be a, a total shocker if a trade was made or so. Uh, as it relates to Doug McDermott on there, hey, I mean, McDermott's coming off a career year. I think that that could be another enticing reason if McDermott wants to come back, that he's got familiarity with Rick Carlisle. So that's something that it's nice to have in your back pocket for sure. Yes, yeah, so I want to read uh, just a little bit of a quote from Rick Carlisle himself to uh... – uh, Tim McMahon in the um, ESPN article that Tim released. It says, it's an exciting situation because there's upset here. Carlisle, 61, who has a career record of 836 and 689, ranking 15th all-time in win sets. Getting back healthy is going to be a big part of that. General manager Kevin Pritchard and I have talked extensively about the roster. I like their roster. It's a team of skilled, unselfish guys that play hard. It's always possible that moves could be made before the season, but I think Kevin and I are both very excited about getting the roster healthy and seeing what this team can be. So two things here, Fachi. Obviously, he addresses the injuries, which has been a big reason why the Pacers have had not have not had great success. He also mentions, and I think it's interesting, it's a team of skilled, unselfish guys that play hard. Last season, this team, according to Jay Michael, was labeled as selfish. I think it's interesting that Carlisle refers to them as unselfish and Obviously, I mean, there's ways we can look at it. I just don't think that the selfish label put on Sabonis and Brogdon and everything should be put on them for the entirety of the season. I think that 
more so they could have just been selfish in moments during the season, but not fully selfish to where it was just, you know, the guys hated each other. So that's that's where I kind of thought that was interesting he said that. No, it is interesting. And look, we, yes, we did hear that. It was, you know, recently reported from Jay Michael. And like, look, I, I buy into it a bit because at times during blowouts, I mean, yeah, so we, we did see Sabonis kind of chase some triple doubles. But also at times, Alex, this was a two-man show for about half the season. I mean, I remember for so long, it seemed like it was Brogdon and Sabonis. When they were, when they were waiting on Karis LeVert to return, you know, um, TJ Warren's obviously out. You know, Miles Turner's role was not to be overly aggressive. So it, it was a big two-man show for a large chunk of the season. And Brogdon and Sabonis did have career years. So I think it's easy to kind of say, hey, they might have been a little bit more about getting their stats at times. But I don't think that it's enough to label, oh, my God, this seems way too selfish to work. We have a problem here. No, I think when you're bringing back TJ Warren, you're getting a capable coach. You don't have to be selfish. So I love the direction. In terms of just running it back, I know that term has become like cringeworthy, but when you get a more than capable coach and you haven't been healthy, it still leaves a little bit of that wanting to finally see this team together. And I feel like we're going to have more capable resources in terms of coaching to put the guys in the best position to succeed. Rick Carlisle can adapt. Nate Bjorken, unfortunately, could not. Yeah, I think with, you know, his respected resume by these um, by these players, the players are going to respect Carlisle a little bit more because of what he's done and what he's accomplished. You know, you mentioned winning a championship with the Dallas Mavericks in 2011. You know, that was a team that had a really great player in Dirk Nowitzki, but they also had some really nice play, uh, players around him, and they had a lot of pieces that fit. I, I will say this with Rick Carlisle. Bjorkren last year was just a hot mess, and – Two things, if going through last season and the awful year that it was with Nate Bjorkren got us Rick Carlisle for this year, I would do 20 and 20, 20 and 21 over again uh, 100 out of 100 times if it means that we were going to land a lottery pick and get Rick Carlisle the next season. I just You cannot ask for anything better than that at this point. Number two, Bjorkren's inability to hold guys accountable because of his lack of coaching experience I think is something that we have to look at here because Carlisle – He's, number one, not going to let these guys walk all over him. And number two, he's a bit of an old-school coach. I think that we kind of need that old-school coach that's going to hold these players accountable. You know, they want a veteran leader. You know, Pritchard said, I, I looked at guys and I said, you got to step up and be a leader. I think Carlisle can be partially that leader. Not, I don't think he needs to be the, the leader on the court, but I think that he can be and have a presence as a leader of this team because there's going to be more trust put into him and belief that he can get the job done. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, I know there's a lot of reports out there that, Hey, the Pacers kind of ran Nate McMillan out, kind of ran Nate Bjorkman out. If they tried to even, if, if we started hearing that about Carlisle, it would be on the players. It would be their fault but this time around. It just feels like we've minimized that. Hey guys, it can't always be the coach's fault. Now we got a real championship level coach here. We're going to make this work. And I think that all the players are going to be more than happy to buy in. I mean, I, I feel like the combination when you just – it sounds rough, but there is no comparing Nate Bjorker and Rick Carlisle. They're, they're in two totally different classes. And I just think that guys on the Pacers tried to be as positive as possible and buy in initially, but it disappeared so quickly that I think that now these players should be fired up for the start of the season. I mean, you should really have a chip on your shoulder that – 
things were, it was a disaster this past year. And I really want to hear that this team is kind of getting it going early on to really, you know, be healthy, be together, you know, get, get that team chemistry up because last year it just, I know there's going to be some changes. We don't know what it's going to be, but you know that Karis Levert's going to be healthy from the start. TJ Warren should be due back, you know, and you would think should be more than healthy. It'll have been close to a year since his injury. Um, at that point, Sabonis, who, you know, in the offseason, he was hurt. I, I think he, he should be 100% ready to go. Brogdon should be ready to go. I think that at this point, you got to be excited as a Pacer fan because, like I mentioned, Herb Simon, he delivered today. I think <laughs> this this was the man the fan base wanted. I didn't see one negative comment as it relates to this hire. And, Alex, that's rare in Pacers Nation. Yeah, it was definitely overwhelming that there was more positive than negative responses. I heard a few I heard the Pacers labeled as racist for hiring another white coach. I, I've heard that he's a retread that did a terrible job here, so he won't do anything good for us. You know, obviously he hasn't made it out of the first round since he won the championship in 2011. So, I mean, there has been some negative comments, but I'm trying to overlook them because today is a great day for Pacer Nation. And so I just want to read the official release from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Kevin Pritchard had a couple comments here on Rick Carlisle. He said, Rick is a proven winner with a championship and will be a Hall of Fame coach. He has demonstrated throughout his career an ability to build something with sustainable success. He has great respect for our franchise and our fans from his previous times here. We are very happy to welcome him back to Indiana. So I think with that being said, I, I, the reunion is such a powerful thing here because Rick understands this state. He understands this franchise. He understands what Herb Simon wants. He understands how Larry Bird and Donnie Walsh had to operate, and Kevin Pritchard is a part of that tree now. So I think there are so many connections here that Rick and his family, they love Indiana. They clearly wanted to be here. There was rumblings about it last week. We talked about it. This makes too much sense, and I couldn't be more excited to have Rick Carlisle here for all those reasons. I love it. I do think that in the end, he has a major shot to cement his legacy in Indiana as, you know, he couldn't, like I said, he could end up being the all-time winning coach in Pacers history. But also when you mention all the success that he's been through, it's just, it's special. It really is. And when we heard that Rick is a very calculated guy, it felt like right when that, that Pacers job became open, you know, he thought to himself, I, I want it. I want to be there. And the fact that he was able to, you know, give up two years on his contract with the Mavs where, A, you're paid very well, and then, B, you're coaching Luka Doncic. I mean, that is a generational player. But he liked what's going on in Indiana, wanted to come back, and I, <laughs> he, he's the man for the job. And I, I felt like I was just – I mean, I was just texting all my friends back saying, like, he's home, like, he's happy now, and so are we. And they were like, you're ridiculous. And I was like, am I? Because we're all happy right now. Like, in a time where – you know, not much was going right for the Pacers. It was such a disaster of a season. And, you know, we knew we weren't going to move out of 13th in the lottery. And, you know, when it happened, we stayed at 13. It was like, well, what could we really expect? We're not that team that has that luck. Well, you know what? Things went better than planned today with Rick Carl coming back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. With Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I'm going to read just a few comments. We had an overwhelming amount of comments from our fans today on Twitter. And I said, I will read some of these on the air. I have about five or six spots that I want to get into. And so I'll, I'll read them real quick and I'll let you respond. Aiden Gent says he'll lead us to a top four seed next year. He was one of the best coaches this franchise ever had. Carlisle very easily could have led the early 2000 Pacers teams to an NBA Finals, if not championship. The brawl changed everything. He'll bring quality assistance to culture change. Next one. This is from James Miller. Rick bleeds blue and gold. He knows how to get the most out of the roster and should get us back in contention and out of the playing games. This this comes from Dan Haynes. Always good to get one of the top coaches available. Curious to see how he meshes with the locker room. Simon's uh, Simon seems willing to spin. Hopefully this is a sign of serious push towards contender status. Bottom line. I'm excited about next season for the first time in a long time. And I'll read, I'll read a few more here because there's some funny ones here. Uh, But the last one I'm going to say, but this is the funny one, but uh, uh, this one is at doggone underscore Walker. I'm not sure how you pronounce your first name. I'm sorry, but she says, I really like this hire. He's a familiar face, and all the experience he gained from coaching the Mavs will show up for Indiana positively. Make the Pacers great again. DJS1215 at the fifth holiday says, don't think we could have done much better. He was great for us in the past and could help um, help use our players to their full potential. Not to mention, it's exciting. We spent some money for once. And then lastly, from our guy Randy Sharp at rsharp1122, he said, I guarantee this. No player tells Rick or any of his assistants to sit the F down. That is an absolute <laughs> truth right there. Yep, that is not happening. Yeah, so I, I, I love that fans just say, the paces are back. Like, you know, it's so funny. Like, how much a coaching hire changes things. But 
I truly believe that the hiring of Rick Carlisle changes everything. It really does, though. It feels like an actual splash in free agency. Like it, it feels like it's just we went out there and we got what would be, you know, considered the best at his quote position. You know, I mean, Rick being a he was the big whale coach available, and the Pacers got him. And it doesn't count against the Pacers' salary cap, which is awesome because we knew that money was going to be slim to come by this year. And they went out and they got the guy that everybody wanted. And I feel like. Last year, when Nate Bjorken got hired, it was like, you, you try to sell yourself on the unknown. Like, hey, look, you know, he's supposed to be one of the bright young minds over here. Let's see what he's got. It's like, no, no, no. This time around, we know what we're getting ourselves into, and we couldn't be more excited for it. I mean, this this is a guy that when you're talking about Ron Artest earlier, Ron Artest by far had his best seasons under Rick Carlisle. I mean, who knows what happens in the, with the brawl if that plays out, but Ron was an early MVP candidate coming off Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, then Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal was an MVP candidate the year before. He finished third overall. I mean, this is a guy that has gotten you know the most out of Tim Hardaway Jr. the last few years. Jalen Brunson improved big time. Obviously, I'm not going to try and take any credit for Luka Doncic. He is a, an unbelievable player, but Luka hit the ground running from day one and was brilliant under Carlisle. Then there's other role players, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba. Those, are, those guys are playing well and were not expected to play this well. So I think Rick's developed some talent around him, and, and I think that he's going to be able to get the most out of guys like, you know, a Sabonis or a, a Turner or a Brogdon or Karis LeVert, whoever's on the roster when he's coaching. Yeah, so another another former Pacer, Reggie Miller, gave a nice little quote about the Rick Carlisle, how John Krasinski had this from The Athletic. It says, Reggie Miller on Rick Carlisle's return to Indiana. I think it's more so time now for the players currently with the Pacers to start looking themselves in the mirror because they ran off Nate McMillan, a Final Four coach here. First year head coach Nate Bjorkman was gone after one year, so the players have no more excuses now. They're getting a Hall of Fame coach to, the, uh, to be coming in, a guy that's won a championship. It's time for these players to start looking in the mirror a little bit. I could not agree more, Fachi. I, you know, I like this Pacers team on paper, but man, like injuries aside, like they have got to figure out a way to mesh and not allow any little bit of obstacle because it feels like. Any type of obstacle, controversy, you know, just anything that could like slow them down a little bit, like any punch they take, it just seems like it hits a little bit harder than it should. And I, I want to see this team be a little bit more solidified. And maybe that is bringing in a veteran guy to kind of be that glue guy like we missed with Thad Young. But still, it's just this team the last couple of years, they've really disappointed me with how they've handled some uh, the most controversial moments. Absolutely. The fact that Kevin Pritchard has had to come down and really be the guy to – you know, lay into them, that that shouldn't be happening. And if you have to do it more than once, there's a problem. And we heard it was, you know, arguably potentially like four times or so. That's way too much. And look, love me some Sabonis. Love him. Great player. Not the leader the Pacers need. I just feel like at times your best player is not always the leader. You, you think he should be, but it's just guys are, are different. And we need to bring in a veteran that's that's going to show these guys from day one how you carry yourself, how you keep things internally. Because, Alex, this felt like the first year where things were getting out. I feel like the Pacers have prided themselves on keeping things in-house. And this year, the reports, even when media was barely even around this year, 
the reports coming out were not what you wanted to hear. So veteran head coach, love it. Bring in a veteran assistant coach staff, absolutely love it, need it. But they need to bring in that veteran that can, you know, even if he's not playing a lot, can command some respect, keep some guys in line. And I know it's not like the old days where you could bring in like a Charles Oakley and he could just handle that. But they, they have to take that into heavy consideration. And I love the fact that Pritchard mentioned that. So I, I think he will. All right, so I'm gonna make I'm gonna ask you a tough question, and Uh-oh. you cannot give me more than one answer. I need one answer from you. Which player do you think benefits the most from the Carlisle hire, and what are you excited to see about that one player? Karis Levert. I honestly think that if they can try and use Levert to any kind of degree, like they use Luca, I think that Karis Levert could be a borderline all-star. I really think that the next few years, the next, at least the next two that Levert's under contract, I think he's going to be an absolute stud playmaker. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that big time. Yeah, so if I'm going to answer that question, Karis Levert's up there at the top of my list, but I, I'm really excited to see TJ Warren oh, under Greg Carlisle as well because not only I think I think Warren is a better defensive player, Yep, Karis Levert is. And offensively, their games are so different but so similar at the same time. I, I think that if you do a spread pick and roll type of offense with Warren and Levert, like they're both going to have amazing opportunities to get to the basket and create one-on-one. I think that Sabonis can help them with that pick and roll. I mean, just spreading the floor and being able to have five or four guys out there that can shoot with a Sabonis type of player. Like Sabonis, I'm hoping that his shot gets better, but I'm not going to rely on that. If, if Carlisle you know, talks with him and, and they decide like, hey, you know, we don't want you shooting as many twos or having as many post-ups. Like, he could get more three-point shots up. I think that he needs to work on a shot a little bit. It's got some flaws to it. It's not terrible. I mean, he did hit a decent percentage last season, but there was a stretch there where he really, really struggled. I just look at this team, and I think T.J. Warren is going to have a breakout year. We saw him break out in the bubble. People kind of forgot about him since he missed pretty much the entirety of the season. He's going to come back. I think he's going to be a little rusty to start, but by the end of the season next year, I think you're going to be seeing just a madman in, in, in TJ Warren. This guy is going to absolutely thrive in the Rick Carlisle coaching uh, system. What's better than to have that chip on your shoulder than entering a contract year? I just think that for TJ Warren, this is the year where there's a lot of money to be made. You missed virtually all of last year. He's going to come back with a revenge tour. I really think so. I mean, TJ Warren in the bubble, I mean, just, whew, he was unbelievable. Primarily, you know, before the playoffs, I feel like he started getting kind of banged up. And unfortunately, that that foot injury lingered. But I cannot wait to see Warren back and healthy. And all that time off, I mean, he was already a good a good shooter. But I think that we might be seeing a player who is, like you mentioned, poised for a career year. And just backing up everything Pritchard said in his press conference when he mentioned T.J. Warren about 50 to 60 times because the man really is that good and he wants to be here. So I feel like we're we're bringing more of a – the Rick Carlisle move could create more of a culture of wanting to be here, and that's when you start to win some basketball games that maybe you wouldn't have won before. Yeah, and I think another thing that we haven't really talked about, which we need to bring up, is Carlisle has had a lot of young players succeed under him. Yep. And, you know, look at a guy like Jalen Brunson, a guy that I'm really high on. I mean, he had a really good season the last couple of years. You know, Luka Doncic obviously was a top three pick, but still, you know, he developed pretty quick. Tim Hardaway Jr. got incredibly better under Rick Carlisle. 
I think that he's going to maximize this talent once again. And I think that there's some young guys like an Aaron Holiday, maybe an Edmund Sumner, Gogo Batadze. I think that they could benefit as well from having a coach that is experienced. If he can get that coaching staff around him to help, you know, mentor these guys and really figure things out, shape these guys into better players, it's only going to make this team deeper. And that's what you kind of have to rely on because look, the team that Carlisle left in Detroit won a title when Larry Brown came in, but they added Rasheed Wallace and they had that st- that starting five that was so good together. And this is kind of how I think the Pacers are trying to build their roster is similar to what the Pistons did where it's five guys instead of one superstar with a bunch of players around it. And Carlisle is kind of used to that because he coached that team for a while and he realizes now, like, I had Luka Doncic, and he's a great player, but if the supporting cast around him is not good enough, we're going to really struggle. So I think that having a nice, balanced roster could be beneficial. And I'm looking at a team like Atlanta right now, Fachi. They've got a lot of guys on rookie contracts, and I'm excited to see them continue to play well in this Eastern Conference Finals. But one of the things that is so great about that team is they've got really good bench players that can come in and play. And Right now, they're out without DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, two guys that could be playing in the rotation. I'm not sure about Reddish completely, but there's at least two guys that could be in there. Now they're relying heavily on an injured uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Kevin Herter has really grown as a player. But think about it. Herter was coming off the bench at, the, at one point in the season and for the majority of it. So they've got bench guys that can step in right away, and they're still not losing anything by doing that. So that's kind of what I want to see is just a really balanced roster that can go about eight or nine deep and you feel comfortable with it and not nervous every time the bench walks onto the court. Yeah. I mean, it's not the sexy thing to say, but the Pacers, their, their roster is balanced. It's like, we're without that top 10 player. It's like, you know, maybe you could find, you could find a way in for Sabonis maybe towards the back end of the top 20, but we don't have a top 10 player by any means. Um, And at that point you need, we have so many guys that would be ranked in that, like, 25 to 50 area you know like your you know your your Malcolm Brogdon's your TJ Warren's your Karis Levert's like guys like those that a lot of other teams might just kind of be a little bit top heavy one or two guys the Pacers have I mean four guys that could easily give you around 20 points per game you know they, they really do between Levert, Sabonis, TJ Warren and Malcolm Brogdon it, it's not crazy at all to say those guys can average 20 points per game. Now, to do it all together in a season, that would be the first time in NBA history. But it just seems that those are guys that any night could get you 20. And then you're, you know, we're going to obviously have to see what happens with McDermott and McConnell to build around that bench. But I at least kind of feel like having that 13th overall pick, we could get a bench player that can contribute this year that Rick can continue to develop. And for that, I'm excited because. Alex, we haven't had rookies that can contribute in a while. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, I really think the 13th pick, you can find someone that over the next four years, Rick can really develop. And you're looking at, we mentioned Jalen Brunson. That's a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really developed. So 13th, hey, I'm not worried. And it just felt like under Bjorken, whatever it was, they weren't prioritizing playing the young players. And I, I don't, if Bjorken came back this year, I don't know if that necessarily would have changed. With Rick, mm-hmm. I do think that, He's going to play. The 13th overall pick will contribute. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, there was times last year when he didn't play some of the younger guys that Dallas had drafted over playing some of the guys that have been there for a while. But at the end of the day, like, the Pacers are trying to win. 
you don't go out and hire Rick Carlisle for that amount of money to try to develop guys. You know, you develop them along the way, but you try to do that while still trying to compete at the highest level. So I think that's what Indiana is going to do. Last thing we need to talk about before we wrap this conversation up, we'll have plenty of more content throughout the rest of the uh, the summer to talk about Rick Carlisle. But I'm curious because there was that report that came out or not a report. I shouldn't say report because that's not really what it was. It was a conversation on a podcast between Woj and uh, McMahon and, and basically not Woj. It was Brian Winhorst. Man, I can't get my story straight today, Foch, but it was Winhorst and McMahon, excuse me. And basically Winhorst said, I don't know if, if Kevin Pritchard wants to be here very lo- much longer. And, and we kind of threw that idea out on a couple podcasts ago, talking about would Rick Carlisle want to be in that front office position? Are, are you still feeling like maybe this hire was like, hey, after four years, you're going to take over the front office? Or do you think that that has nothing to do with it? It's just the guy that they wanted to be the head coach. I think it's just the guy they want to be the head coach right now. I mean, for four years from now, so much can change four years from now. Four years ago, we were deeming Brad Stevens to be, you know, the, the next successor to be like the top coach in the NBA. And he's not even a coach anymore, yeah. you know? So a lot can change. Rick 61. That's not that bad. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, guys like Dan Tony was pushing 70. So I feel like Carlisle could easily coach four years and then make his decision from there. But I think at this point, you know, it wouldn't be crazy if he's still coaching for, I don't know, six to eight years in the NBA. It's very possible. But mm-hmm. I think at this point, Rick wants to be the head coach, wants to be the head coach. Four-year deal. He's paid very well. He's back where where he's very familiar. And at that point, I think he's just focused on being a coach. Pritchard, does he have four years in him right now? I mean, who knows? I don't know. But when they were talking about, hey, does he want to do maybe a year or two like that? No. Look, I I think we're going to be just fine here. I think Pritchard and and the front office nailed this hiring. So if this goes well, I, I uh, I think KP can get real comfortable. (laughs) <laughs> I think he's already comfortable with this hire I so. because I love it. Yeah, if you're attached to the hip with the coach that you hire, I think Carlisle's a pretty good coach to be attached to. Oh yeah. So, but but what I will say is, I still I understand, and I gave this reasoning out before. Like, clearly his his wife is having a baby soon, and he might want to step away and be with his child. There's always that in the back of my mind. But you got to think a lot of these Pacers front office guys were actually asked to leave Indiana last year and go elsewhere. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie left. I think Chad Buchanan was trying to get pulled away from Chicago. Or Chicago was trying to pull him away from here. Yep. He turned that down. So I mean, there are plenty of people in this, and I and yeah, there's plenty of people in this front office that are highly desirable. I think Kevin Pritchard even was part of the Philadelphia, or they wanted to they wanted to interview him to bring him up to maybe be the uh, you know the GM over there in, in Philadelphia. So there's always like interesting stuff surrounding the Pacers and and it seems like their front office is well respected amongst the rest of the NBA. So it it very well could happen that, Hey, Pritchard gets an extension. And I know people might laugh at that because they think you can't draft and we haven't won any games in the playoffs since, you know, Vic took us to to the game seven against LeBron with, with that Pacers team in 17, 18. But yeah, I just, I really don't think that Pritchard is like ready to step down. I think that, at the end of the day, he loves doing this job. He's got a great relationship with Herb Simon. I think his job is very much safe. I think that if Carlisle, you know, at the end of the four years, if Pritchard says he wants to step down and that conversation happens, it happens. But I don't think it has anything to do with what's happening right now. No, I don't. And look, the Pacer, Pacer Nation, we are a passionate fan base. But for the guys that had been really sticking it to Pritchard lately, I mean, guys, he delivered. He really yeah. did. And I this was 
a great day to be an Indiana Pacer fan. We got the guy, the only guy that I felt like the whole fan base wanted. We got him. And, and at this point, hey, you know, for Kevin Pritchard, who's gotten – he got a lot of hate, a lot of it unfairly. You know, we, we can't control these injuries. We overlook them because this team's always hurt. But it's like, what can you really do when, you know, you're missing two starters for most of the year? I mean, at that point, we're already a middle-of-the-pack team when healthy. You miss those guys, it's going to be a struggle. It really is. And I don't want to start making up an excuse for everything that we've been through because we've been through so much. But on a time like this, everything went right. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of people that have been criticizing him. I know Kevin Bowen has been really, you know, banging the drum for his, you know, I would have fired Kevin Pritchard. Kevin Pritchard should be on the hot seat. Kevin Pritchard has been, you know, a mediocre GM, whatever. Like, I, I, I kind of see it. I kind of see it, but I don't agree with it. I think Kevin Pritchard's made really good trades. And if there had been injury, you know, unfortunes, you know, I, I mean, if, he would, if we wouldn't have been so unfortunate with injuries, this team probably wins a playoff series at one point over the last three seasons. Like, I really feel that, like, if Vic never goes down, I, I just feel like they could have been more competitive in these series, at least more competitive. I, I get it. The draft picks have been absolutely atrocious, Fudge. They really have. They have. Uh, you know, we're still waiting to see. Like, I get it that Goga is on the roster. I get it Aaron Holland is on the roster. And we still have Edmund Sumner. And Sumner probably has been the most enjoyable out of those three over the last couple of seasons. But it's just, even going back to Portland, he was a terrible drafter there. I don't know if it's necessarily the scouts they had or what the intel is on these players. But, yeah, I don't know how much is to put on just one specific guy for the draft selection. Like, maybe he is the one that gets to be the blame because he is the president. I get it. Those picks are attached to his name in that selection, but they, they've got to figure something out. I don't think he's been great by any stretch of the mean, but I don't think he's been bad. I think he's been solid. I think he's been, you know, a seven out of 10. I don't think he's been, you know, four or five. Like a lot of people say, ah, he's, you know, average or less. But the, the, I just think that give him another four years, this roster will change quite a bit, I think, over the next four seasons. Let's see what we get and let's see what direction we're heading. Yeah, I mean, draft-wise, there's no other way to put it. It has not worked out at all. That's where he would you know, receive a poor grade. Trade-wise, getting resourceful, he, he's pulled some rabbits out of hats, Alex. I mean, Paul George, disgruntled, wants to leave town. You're bringing Oladipo and Sabonis, who both turn into All-Stars after he was laughed at. The T.J. Warren deal for cash, and you get a pick? I mean, these are, these are some trade. I mean... Karis LeVert, you traded an injured, unhappy Victor Oladipo for Karis LeVert, who's cheaper and under contract for two years. That's an A-plus trade, and you got two draft picks with it. I mean, there, there's been a lot of good moves, so anyone grading him a four or a five or, you know, anything like that is just, come on. You're only living in the exact moment. And right now, hey, he made the Bjorken hire. It was a whiff. They swung for the fences, but today they hit a home run. I agree with you, Vach. I agree with you. So let's wrap this podcast up. Any final thoughts on this hiring? It is a great day to be an Indiana Pacer fan. I want to shout it from a rooftop. I couldn't be happier with what happened today. I <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself, Vach. This is a great day for Pacers basketball. We are headed in the right direction. We knew that there was not going to be a complete rebuild, so – if we're not going to go a complete rebuild, I want to go all in on trying to make this roster the best that it can be. And I think with Al Jefferson coming on our podcast just Monday, talking about how the coach is the head of the snake, I think they got their guy. I think he's going to lead this team. 
to the promised land. Hey, I very much hope so. I believe 100% in Rick Carl. Like I said, I'd run through a wall for him right now. All right. Well, Fachi, where can the people find us at on social media? So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. You can find me on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. And you can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. And if you've run through a wall for Rick Carlisle, say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.